Slavery is back. Welcome to a place where private business profit from a captive labour force, yet pennies are spent on medical services to a population in which the Indigenous, the poor and the mentally ill are overrepresented. Where isolation, humiliation and degradation are facts of life. Welcome to prison. It depends who's telling the story, I suppose. The prisoners would have one view. The people who work in the prison system would have another. And I think it's up to people to decide uh, where the truth is. Give government propaganda and the media spin doctors the flick. And check out Doin' Time for news, views and tunes on prison issues from Guantanamo Bay to Christmas Island to prisons and detention centres everywhere. Every Monday at 4pm on your community radio, 3CR. We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution. Hello and welcome to the Doing Time Show. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au. This is our first show back after summer programming on the 1st of February 2021 and a lot has happened. And we're no longer in lockdown but there are still restrictions around coronavirus and we still need to be vigilant. Coming up on today's show, we've got first of all Arnie Lizzie Garrett, who is from New South Wales, and she will be telling us what land she's from when we speak to her shortly. And Arnie Lizzie is going to be talking about deaths in custody and also Invasion Day, and talking about what's hap- what happened with Invasion Day and the fact that it is a day of mourning. It is about Survival Day. It is not about celebrating at all Australia Day, despite what Scott Morrison says and his ministers. And then after that, we will be speaking with a tree sitter who's in East Gippsland. East Gippsland forests are calling for support. Community members have set up an occupation near the Irunda Plateau, Goongarra, in some of the last unburnt forests. So we'll be speaking with, um, with the tree sitter in regards to what's happening and looking at some of the, the significance of, um, of the logging, the fact that there shouldn't be logging in these special areas, and he's up there to stop imminent logging of the area. Then later on we'll be speaking with Marianne McKay, who is an, act, an Aboriginal activist from Western Australia. I've tried today to look at what's happening around the country in regards to Invasion Day. So we'll be speaking with Arnie Lizzie shortly. Free Palestine Melbourne is holding an online forum exploring the implications of a number of Arab nations normalising relations with Israel while it continues to occupy Palestine and oppress the Palestinian people. The forum will explore the implications for justice for Palestinians, for geopolitics and peace in the region, and for the expanding gulf between autocratic rulers and their people. Speakers include Dr. Khaled Hroub from Northwestern University in Qatar, Dr. Ahmed Jamil Azam from Berzet University, and Palestinian and local author, playwright and activist, Dr. Samah Sabawi. Join us the 10th of February, Wednesday night at 8pm. Register at fpmelbourne.org forward slash events. That's fpmelbourne.org forward slash events. Free Palestine Melbourne is a 3CR supporter. Hello, I'm Ali Lizzie Garrett, and you're listening to Doing Time. 
just tuned in. This is the Doing Time, this Doing Time show, and we now have. I want to welcome Auntie Lizzie to the program. Hi, Lizzie. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good. It's great to have you. Now, Lizzie, I'm wondering if you could just first of all just tell listeners what land you're from. Um, what land? Get out there. We're in a gay. That's in my people language, the Gumbangia people. Um, hello, everyone. So I'm from the Gumbangia, Dungari and Bundjalung nations, three nations on the mid-north coast of New South Wales, which range from, in case mob out there listening don't know where they are, let's say from Grafton is Bundjalung area, Coffs Harbour coastline and downwards is Gumbangia, and then we get to the Kempsey on the way down to Tari is uh, Dungari. That yeah wraps up where I'm from on the mid north coast. Lovely, beautiful, pristine salt water, mountain, river country. Also being mined out and farmed out by the Connellites. But yeah, it's a lovely place. And let's hope we keep it lovely. And yes, indeed. The it's we know that we live in a colonised land, and I wanted to just have a bit of a discussion with you today about Invasion Day and, and what happened um, in Sydney with the with any protest and what you think is Invasion Day? Well, what happened was in Sydney, it was a bit of a touch-and-go moment for myself and a beautiful, dedicated organising crew that kept fighting the system to make sure that Invasion Day actually happened for our Sydney mob because on the lead-up to that, you know, it's nice to work with the police and make sure they keep the city safe as they're pretending to be paid to do. So it was a bit of a confrontation where they wouldn't exactly discuss with us, they wouldn't knuckle down with us, they wouldn't meet with us unless they dictated the terms on how we'd celebrate on that... I'm oh, not exactly celebrate, how we would commemorate on that day. Sorry, wrong language. And in the end, it was, yeah, sort of just determination of us sovereign first mob saying, no, you New South Wales police are not going to dictate how our elders and children, people and beautiful allies and woke people that walk these lands are going to be together. So luckily the New South Wales Police, on the morning, actually on the morning of the event, um, realised to come to a bit of sense and just let us meet all together in the domain and we successfully gathered um, a definite 8,000 people on the QR code to that, to that registered that day, but I dare say there was couple, maybe a thousand more that didn't exactly register because the domain was packed full of bodies. It was a beautiful, empowering, embracing feeling to look out and just see that, you know, although the day before the police minister was threatening the public with fines and possible imprisonment, it was good to see so many people come out in defiance of the illegal law that oppresses them on this country and stand with us First Nations and hear our stories and commemorate and share our pain and understand why our survival so essential to, for their growth as Australians. No, that's very true what you're saying. And, you know, for people that have just possibly tuned in and don't really understand about Invasion Day, could you explain exactly what it is? Oh, uh, well, you know, Invasion Day, like, on the counterfoot is what the white people call Australia Day. It's a 20, it represents the 26th of January. It represents... To the white Australians, like, you know, the day the ships came in and made this country such a great place. And then it represents on the back foot of the First Nations people the day that they, 11 ships came here full of terror. And it was the first demise of our people, our land, our culture, our water, our songs, our dance. Our total human existence was denied. So this day is really, really important for us to show that 
It's a day of mourning, and it's a day where we get to reflect about all the beautiful, great ancestors and elders that have gone before us to pave a way that we even have a platform today to call Invasion Day, all them beautiful elders that have protested and, and stood up against this system that they know is wrong and corrupt. And then, therefore, even further back to our ancestors that didn't have any leg to stand on because they were shot dead and hung from trees in public for the rest of us to be feared for life for if we didn't assimilate to the great white Australia policy. So Invasion Day for Aboriginals, it's, it's a, uh, well, I don't even use the word Aboriginal, for First Nations, it's the, it's the essential day. Although Invasion Day to us is every day because it just keeps going and the genocide hasn't stopped. But that, that day especially, it's just a day of reflection, a day of sitting down and understanding where this all began, how we lost everything, but yet how we're still so strong and we're still gaining stuff, how we're still fighting for our self-determination, how we're still here battling a system that still steals our children, mines our land, blows up our trees, uh, you know, that still desecrates our Mother Earth. But yet on the 26th of January, we get to come out and say, hey, guess what? This was, This is our Mother Earth. This is not really a white Australia. White Australia's only been here for 233 years. Look at the destruction it's bringing. So it's really nice to know that we can have that, you know, one day, although it's a big argument with the government every one day of the year, which is absolutely toxic and ridiculous, I believe. But yeah. to know that we can turn our narrative around, still stand strong, still share with our children, still share with our elders, still have our pain stories reflected, still give grace to those that led the way before us, still encourage those that are coming the way after us. It's, it's Yeah, it's an essential day for our calendar to, you know, make us feel black, strong, loved. And it just asserts to the world that we are the sovereigns. Like, you know, Terra Nullius is a lie. It gives education to the wider world of, of all the 233 years that they've been whitewashed under this Australian lie. And would you say that Aboriginal deaths in custody... How does that figure in Invasion Day? Oh, well, that's an important figure too. You know, we, under Invasion Day, all the umbrellas we get that face us as black people, we get to discuss. Deaths in custody, child removed, land. But with deaths in custody, of course, at the moment, it's a very prevalent thing because we've had a Royal Commission into this only 30 years ago, not million, um, you know, million, 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 but 30 years ago, which is enough time that change sort of really happened. And within these 30 years, we've had over 440 Aboriginal deaths in custody. That is, like... That's brutal. Dusting number. That is, like, how many a month? I can't remember for the math right now. I think it was, like, 15, 20 a month. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's, that's, you know, and it's... Like, you know, Invasion Day, when you think about it and you think about the boats coming in and killing our people and then you think about 440 deaths in custody in 30 years and it makes you think the regime is still happening. The white Australian policy is still so alive and well to know that 440 plus Aboriginal deaths in custody have happened in the last, since the Royal Commission, without one charge, without one conviction, without one ounce of justice. And Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister, said that all it's stories important are important. It's important to illuminate that, you know, statistic, gets to illuminate that narrative and conversation to everyone to understand, like, wow, this is not 200 years ago. This really does happen today, 2021. Yeah. So, 
Sorry, Aunty Lizzie. I, we, yeah, mm. no, but it's true. It, it, it is still happening in 2021. So yep. to, to go on from that, Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister, said on ABC and various other channels that all stories are important. Now, that really, as a radio broadcaster and as a human rights activist, that really got to me because, yes, all stories are important, but it's totally offensive for the Prime Minister to say that on, on Invasion Day. Oh, definitely. Like, I know, mean, seriously. How, how, how no, well, I don't know, but a man like that, like... How do you even have the audacity to say publicly that for those for for, for those on the on the boats that day, the first fleet, it wasn't a very nice day for them either. No. How do you have the audacity to stand there and know that you're the one with the loaded weapon, unleashing terror on other human beings that have no chance of self-defence against your weaponry or your arsenal, and yet you get to come back in 2021 and tell the good white Australian people that hey, it wasn't a very good day for us either. Scott Morrison is disgusting. Absolutely yeah, atrocious. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's true, you know, that we also had, you know, the the convicts and we had the Irish people as well, you know, that we were oppressed. But the, yeah, but the I point is, it's not... The Irish, they, they, weren't, they, they weren't protected by the Australian government, so... Correct. Well, not on so the 26th of January, anyway. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a really sad thing, isn't it? Oh, Definitely. Like, you know, you must change the national anthem with one word to one and free. We are not one. <laughs> yeah. How are we ever to be one? When we have the, how are we one when there's something called ABC gets shut down for saying the truth at Australia Day slash Invasion Day? And what was that? I said, I said, how can Scott Morrison call us one and free when as soon as ABC tries to be the first public platform to put as a headline, Australia Day slash Invasion Day, they got threatened with being sued by the government. A hundred percent. That's correct. And they their headline to just Australia Day. So I don't think we're one and free at all, Mr Morrison. Absolutely. I'm so glad that I got you onto the show because I felt like it was really important to talk about this. Well, thank you very much. It is very important, you know. The narrative needs... The education needs to go out there to the wider people that are listening and, and the ones that don't understand that this is the reality. The people that come to Australia under the lie, under the falsifying that, you know, Advanced Australia Fair, come this way, you'll be treated fine, you're going to get a better education, a better life, and then all of a sudden you get here and it's just all indoctrination, it's all lies, it's all if you don't fit this box, you, you're oppressed. That's true. And you know, Arnie, we can't, we can't forget TJ Hickey, can we? Because his anniversary is coming up soon. Yes, his anniversary will be on the 14th of February, only 13 days away, bless the little darling. And right now there's a revamp and everyone's uh, with the ISJA movement, which is um, Indigenous Social Justice Association of Sydney. They're a very strong supporter of Arnie Gal Hickey and they're at the moment getting out there with a new petition and uh, everything to put back to the government because, as you see, the government continues to fail. The parents, as we talked about, 440 families. Well, Gail Hickey has been one of them families for 17 years now. And if you know the story of TJ Hickey, anyone with blind eyes and deaf ears can see it's corrupt. Anyway, it's totally, totally wrong story about a young boy. Nothing is pushed by, wrongfully profiled, chased 
by the or pursued by the police, which ends up with the police car hitting his bike, sending this young man flying into the sky, him being impaled on a fence. The police officers then removing him from the fence before any medical experts are there, before the ambulance, and then that young boy dies. And, and that trying mother, to say that his death was an mother accident. Mother and family told to get over it. We go to his courthouses. His push bike's not brought back. Where's his push bike? Why are you hiding exactly. evidence? Why would yeah. you remove a body from impaled fence before a medical super blood, uh, expert was there? There's so many wrong loopholes in that young boy's death and tragedy of, of that family and what they go through. And it's about time that all these families got some peace and justice. Mothers should not need to be out in the streets screaming for justice after it's blatantly their son has been killed or, you know, even accidental, whatever. There's someone that needs to pay consequences for their actions for 441 bodies that are no longer here, let alone the bodies before the Royal Commission. Absolutely. Artie, thank you so much for coming onto the show and I'm hoping that something will be organised for the 14th of February in Sydney. Oh, definitely there will be. Probably have the news have a news. Pardon me. There's usually a march and a petition outreach again for the locals to come and sign on because with the idea that you have government too, when you're death in custody and you're trying to fight for petition rights and trying to fight for justice, they don't even let us have online petitions. We have to go out there physically to the street and make sure they are hand-signed petitions. That's exactly right. And also, I wanted to take this opportunity, and maybe, Arnie, you could join me in this, to, with Uncle Ray Jackson, who, who really got persecuted by the courts and the police towards the end of his life for organising that TJ rally. Oh, definitely. You know, much, much, much huge respects out to Uncle Ray Jackson and any family listening to this voice right now. Much respects to what that beautiful, gentle giant, you know, tremendous man has done in the face of the battle like without him there would be no indigenous social justice association he fought hard he had one a one room apartment that he made all of this come out where he fought for Anik for tj hickey where he fought for the older other families before and after you know that man took on the world on his own and yeah much much respect to him because without him said, I don't know if we'd know half the stories of these 441 lives that we, that we are talking about right now. He helped bring it to a narrative. He helped bring it to a spotlight. He helped make sure we wouldn't forget. He helped make sure that we won't forget. So, yeah, much, yeah, Uncle Ray Jackson is, is a legend. He's an absolute, absolute beautiful legend. And I give respects and grace every day to be honoured that I got to meet that man and he took me under his wing and showed me some of his tricks of the trade and gave me a voice and a power that I have today to keep fighting for his families in his absence. Me too. Mm. Arnie Lizzie, thank you so much. We're going to be interviewing a tree sitter soon who's um, from East Gippsland and um, hopefully he'll be coming on soon. Any final comments before we finish? Um, any final comments from here? Just, yeah, to all the mob out there, you know, stay proud, stay loud, stay black, stay deadly, stay safe. And for all the other beautiful allies out there, thank you for your ears, your listening, your eyes, your woke, your... Thank you for stepping out of your privilege and making Australia a hopeful planet for all our First Nations kids that are up and coming to get to see the beautiful white people walk with us in truth instead of being hidden away and told to be silent with lies. So, yeah, that's about all from Lizzie Jarrett. Thank you very much for having me, guys, and 
everybody, like I said, stay black, stay deadly, stay safe. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Okay, no worries, Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, sis. Bye. Bye. You're listening to Radical Radio 3CR. It's now or never for climate action. So join the National Sustainable Living Festival this February for a program showcasing cutting-edge solutions to the ecological and social challenges of our times. Be part of the change and join the sustainability movement with a month of workshops, talks, demonstrations, artworks, exhibitions, films and live performances. It's time to reset to climate safe. For the full program, go to slf.org.au. The National Sustainable Living Festival is a 3CR supporter. And you're back with the Doing Time show, and it's approximately 21 minutes past four. And we're going to be speaking with, with Isaac very soon. He's, he's a sitting up in the tree and we will speak to him about a forest, an occupation in the forest in East Gippsland and he is tree sitting on the Irinundra Plateau and basically we're needing people to join the camp and protect the forest from imminent logging. Hello Isaac, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. It's so lovely to have you. Can you explain to me exactly where you are? You're in a tree sit, is that correct? Yes, so I am 40 metres up a tree in um, the Erinandra Plateau, which is an area of unburned forest in East Gippsland. And um, I'm just trying to settle into my new home. Um, so it's a, it's a, you know, a unique experience, but um, I don't do it. Uh, for a holiday, I do it to, to, to send a message out there. I mean, um, what's, what's about to happen here, it, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. So it's in Goongara, isn't it? It's a bit further up Goongara. So the Arinandra Plateau is about 1,000 metres uh, high and um, is a patch of uh, a forest that um, uh, it didn't burn in the 2019 and 2020 uh, bushfires. And um, I've been living in in uh, East Gippsland since March, and um, you need to you need to um, to see it to appreciate the scale of of the bushfires. Uh, uh, you know, it's it, it's so it was so large that um, you know it's hard it's hard to to even to even imagine. And uh, and but then learning uh, that um, the few few patches that didn't burn are uh, set set to be logged. Uh, consider that like 80% of the forest uh, in East Gippsland uh, burned in one way or another uh, during the bushfires. And, um, you know, last year, Daniel Andrews said that uh, there was not going to be any uh, logging of uh, unburned areas in East Gippsland. But, you know, we're uh, February 2021, and they scheduled like 60 coops, 60 new areas of uh, logging in the Erinandra Plateau which uh, it didn't burn, and uh, it's also such a precious area for, um, for wildlife. It's also, you know, the, the, the Bitterwell mob is the traditional country, and, um, and also it's a place where, where people come to, to soothe their, their wounds, you know, the, the, the people that, that have lived 10, 20, or all, all their lives here, and they've seen their landscape uh, change forever, 
they come to to the few refugees like the Arinandra Plateau to um, you know to to kind of remember that uh, uh, there's still places that um, you know how they remembered uh, their, their their magical places that uh, that they're gone elsewhere and. Um, you know, and uh, it's not a it's not a way to um, to really um, to deal with uh, um, with a bushfire and and, and no, it's not so indeed. In, in the context of the the, the climate crisis uh, uh, as well. The government should be listening to the Aboriginal people in terms of preventative measures in regards to bushfires, but also with the logging. Um, I, I believe there's also a lot of endangered species that that would be that would be going if the logging continues. Yes, definitely. I mean, you know, a lot of um, uh, the the animals were were gone with the bushfires, and uh, the own uh, environment department uh, in Victoria recommended big forests not to go ahead uh, with logging in unburned areas, and big forests just completely disregarded uh, that advice and. And are going ahead. So then, like the the only option left for um, you know for uh, citizens and concerned people is just to take direct action, and that's that's uh, what we're doing. And also, I, I just wanted to talk about the fact that community members have set up an occupation there, haven't they? And yes. tell us the support that are you needing people to come to camp? Can you talk about that? Yes, definitely, definitely. I mean, I think that um, the more the more people we have, the stronger the uh, the occupation will be, and and the stronger the message as well. So we we've created an email address for this campaign, safeerinandra at gmail dot com, and um, uh, please send us a, a, an email, and uh, we'll we'll give you instructions on how to reach camp, as well like all um, other um, environmental organisations in East Gippsland, including Gecko, Gungar Environment Centre. They've been posting, um, you know, all the uh, updates and the the links to to this to this protest. And who, whoever can come, please come. But also, you know, if you if you can't come for whatever reasons, uh, send us a message to of support. You know, like people here on the ground really appreciate people um, sending messages. And uh, and if you're able, you can also make a donation to one of the organisations uh, so here in East Gippsland. Think- how are you feeling in the precinct? I mean, can, can you stand up and sit down and lie down? Yeah, I can. I can. It's it's quite big uh, for what I've heard <laughs> on other uh, compared to other precincts. It's about 2.5 by 1.5 uh, meters, so 2.5 long. So it's you know I can I can stretch completely and still have space for my little supplies that I've got here, and I can I can stand up if. Um, if I was a more confident climber, I could just kind of go up, uh, up and down a little bit the tree. But um, to be honest, it's only the third tree that I've ever climbed, and uh, this one it was quite, <laughs> it was quite uh, uh, frightening to be honest to to wake up the first the first night and actually see all the canopies, the majority of the canopies below wow. me, <laughs> to see that the, the extent of it is it is quite majestic, and um, you know I'm getting used to it. I think that. Um, I'm starting to to be comfortable here, so um, you know I'm willing to to weather it and uh, you know try to to really um, send send a message out there and uh, um, and hopefully like raise raise awareness because I don't think many people know that um, there's uh, logging happening or about to happen in unburned areas in in East Gippsland, and uh, I'm sure that um, you know for most people. 
not knowing that they they would be outraged that uh, that this is how we how we're dealing with uh, with the aftermath of uh, of the bushfires. So people, please come to camp and and support yes. um, Isaac, but also supporting the campaign as well, and learn about yes. direct action and citizen science. In fact, I was um, a forest blockader many years ago down at Gulengook. Um, oh, great! And and I was I actually was was there for about two years. I've heard, I've, and... heard, I've heard all the stories. Well, not all the stories, but a lot of stories from Gulungook. It's lo- Logging is ongoing, and I've actually been into that area where you are, and it's absolutely beautiful, and we have to make sure, don't we, that not it only is. are there endangered species there, but we also need to look at the, the fact that, as you said, the destruction that the bushfires have made. Is the sooty owl one of the... One of the yes, um, species? Yep, surreal and powerful owl and the greater gliders. And actually, greater gliders, um, there's been a couple of studies um, that came out recently that uh, that show the Arinandra Plateau because of climate change and the rising of, of uh, temperatures. It will be one of the few places where they will be able to survive because of the altitude of the plateau. So it's it's critical that uh, we we save areas like uh, like the Arinandra Plateau. And um, you know we we need to we need to send a message to Daniel Andrews. And and you know actually I would like a, a journalist to ask Daniel Andrews like why is he uh, allowing uh, logging in unburnt areas right in East Gippsland because sending a moratorium for 2020 is like kind of like putting it uh, on the back burner for a year and then hoping that people don't don't remember the bushfires. But uh, I'm telling you, like I've lived here for nine months, but and, and it grieves me and it pains me like to see that landscape every day. But imagine people that have lived here all their lives. Like it's not gonna not gonna go in one year. And 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 I think that that's why it's 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 so critical that um, that these places, the Arinandra Plateau, starting with the Arinandra Plateau and the other places that didn't burn in East Gippsland, there are uh, protected immediately. Gecko has been posting all the updates and uh, uh, Saver in Andra. We've created um, uh, a Twitter account, an Insta page, and also an email address, which you can also write to that email address, safeerinandra.gmail.com, and we'll, we'll reply you with all the information you need to come to come and also, you know, um, help, help in this uh, very important campaign and learn new skills, meet new people. Yeah, come come up here. Stop the logging, and and yes. help to combat climate change. Definitely, definitely. And I'm hoping that we can eventually get a defence committee to to help anybody that's been arrested. Be be careful up there, won't you, Isaac? I'm sure you'll be very. It's okay there for now, but obviously, um, you know, if police come, I'm sure you'll have support people there for you. Yes, yes. Yes, no, I'm 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 very lucky that I have such uh, you know amazing people that you know have been helping me get up here because I have no idea of anything of how to <laughs> rig a tree or uh, set a, a, a tree seed, um, but um, you know just uh, learning from them and seeing seeing how they work it just makes me uh, so confident and um, it makes me feel actually that I can I can start calling this my home for 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 the next little while. Of course you can. You've got food up there, water? Yes, uh, they bring me hot food. <laughs> oh, wonderful. One. I wish I was there.
Oh, really? Well, I'm telling you, the first two nights have been a bit rough, you know. Like, the first night, it was wet. Everything was wet. Yeah. So, luckily, then, there was sun in during the day. And the second night, I was like, okay, I'm going to catch some sleep second night. And then the, the wind started, like, going <laughs> going mad. So, it was like it was like the tarp just moving and the, the yeah. whole tree kind of swinging a little bit. Luckily, it's a, it's a, a very... um. I mean, if you look on the on socials, you'll see the you'll see the tree and the seat up. Uh, I look like a little speck up the up the tree, and it's such a such a big tree that uh, it barely moves, and it it it's quite it's quite stable. So it what makes me feel um, you know very very safe up here. You're very safe, and and you're actually sending out a very powerful message that we need to stop the logging. We need to stop Thank the you. logging and send a strong message out to Daniel Andrews. Um, to stop the logging. Yes, I mean, you know, just if I can add a, one last thing. Um, yes. There's already a, there's already a, a, a transition plan to end native logging in um, nat- native timber logging in in uh, uh, Victoria, right? It's 2030. Like, what what we need to do is to end it now. Like that that plan was announced before the bushfires. The bushfires just changed completely everything. Now it's just like almost like we're fighting for the cramps, right? And and they're still like gonna come and just just get these cramps out of out of the way for an industry that's already have uh, they, they've got their end earmarked. So I think that 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 should be the most uh, sensible way is just end native logger, uh, logging immediately. And you know I think that um, people will appreciate that. Yeah, and where are the greens and all this? Well, the Greens, I guess they support us. <laughs> I haven't asked them. I'm hoping that some start, like, uh, you know, uh, me- sending messages of support and uh, sharing uh, our story. We just we just went live today, so we're hoping to to um, ramp, ramp up or, um, you know, reach. And, um, yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks to you as well for, um, uh, you know, giving us the airtime. And uh, hopefully we can, we, can, we can get much bigger from here. We will indeed, and, and I'm hoping we can we can t- talk to you again for future updates, Isaac. Great, please. I'll be here. You know, I'm here all day. You can reach me anytime. Wonderful. Thanks so much. All righty. Nice to talk Take, to you. You too. Take care. Bye, Melissa. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 AM on digital and online. 3CR Radical Radio. Kafiyas are Palestinian scarves and they're a symbol of support for justice for the Palestinian people. Buying one will support the last remaining factory in Hebron that makes kafiyas, and all proceeds from the sales support projects in Palestine, especially Gaza, as well as local solidarity organisations. From the traditional black and white kafiya to an array of modern designs, all scarves are just $30 each. Explore the range and order online or drop by 3CR during business hours. We're your support for the rights of Palestinians. Go to kufiyas.org.au. That's K-U-F-I-Y-A-S.org.au. A 3CR supporter. And you're back with the Doing Time show, and we're running a little bit late, but we're speaking now with Marion McKay, who is an Aboriginal activist in Western Australia. 
Hello, Mary, and welcome to the program. Hey, Kaya Suits, how are you going? Oh, it's great to have you. And we've been talking a lot today about Invasion Day, and we just recently just spoke to a tree sitter, actually, who's up in a tree in, um, in East Gippsland with the forest blockading. So, Marianne, I'm wondering, could you talk to us about what land you're from first? Um, I'm a Noongar woman um, from the southwest of WA, so... Um, my mob all come from the Bilia people of the Wajak Nation on Noongar country. Um, and so at the time of invasion, our great chief was Mijiguru um, when Captain Sterling first brought his, his mob here. And I think we were going to speak today about unity and also about Invasion Day in general and, and what actually happened in Western Australia. Yeah, so every year, um, you know, over the last 10 years, we've built Invasion Day back up um, since we had the Canberra Embassy 40th celebration. So um, every year it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And so the first time we marched, there was about 15 of us 10 years ago. Um, and so it's grown to the point now where this year there was probably 1,500 to 2,000 people and the majority of them Wadjalas, which is what we call non-Aboriginal people. Um, and so it was a really good opportunity to spread the message of Invasion Day and what it actually means to us in the sense of being a day of mourning and the genocidal policies, the war crimes and everything that have been inflicted on us since the invasion. You know, ours was 1829 over here on the West Coast, you know, um, in Perth, um, and 1827 in Albany down south. So... It was really sad. Um, we had a really sad day in Perth this year um, due to internal conflicts um, that were actually brought over into the public arena. There was a lack of unity. So the actual message of Invasion Day wasn't promoted like it has been over the last nine years before this year. So that was really sad to see. And so a lot of people didn't participate in the day or even rally when we marched, including myself and my family. Um, so instead, we went down to the Birak concert, which is the survival concert, where there was a lot of positive energy, even though it is a sad day. And we just took the kids down there for the water slides and to hang out with community and family um, rather than marching because of the negativity that was in the air. Um, and so that's why it's so important, you know, for us to have that unity and come together as a community in unity. Because over the years, we've always had that united front um, in public regardless of whatever internal issues are going on um, because at the end of the day it's about the issue and the message of what the day means to us and because we have garnered a lot of um, public support over the years and it's growing and growing it's really important that we encourage and teach you know all the Wadzlers like the non-Aboriginal people the true meaning because they're showing us the respect by turning up um, at, at an Invasion Day event when they could be Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi with their barbecue and thongs and everything, you know what I mean? And their patri patriotic Australian flag and things like that. So um, it just wasn't the same, but what we want to do is promote that message of unity. So um, what we'll be doing is we'll be taking Invasion Day, the control of Invasion Day, back to the community um, rather than it being organised the way it was this year and in the control of someone that didn't want to promote unity. 
So hopefully next year it'll be back to the way that it's been um, every other year that we've ever held the event. You know, there is actually a very important thing that I wanted to share with you and see what you thought, and that is that diversity and actually getting along scares the government and the police. And isn't yes. it really important, particularly important even now, that we all need to have unity, otherwise nothing will be solved? Well, that's right. And the government loves to see us in that division sense, you know. So it's really important that we all work together so that... Because it's not about individuals. It's about the issue and it's about us coming together because everybody has something to bring to the table. It doesn't matter what their level of education is, what their level of work, you know, employment has been. It doesn't matter, you know, like whether they've never been to school or they've never participated in in an event before, you know, in regards to the activism scene. Every single one of us, you know, black and white, have something to bring to the table. And in unity, we have so much strength because there's that creation of power through all of that energy. And if it's a positive energy, we get more done together than we would on our own because no one can do this kind of stuff alone. We all need each other. And that's why the power of unity is so important. And that's what we want to promote in the lead up to next year's event. So we've got a meeting next week. Um, well, pending the lockdown, because we're in lockdown at the moment in Perth again. Oh, yes. But pending that, yeah, we'll be having a meeting um, so that we can start um, empowering each other so that we can come together and make a bigger and better Invasion Day next year in regards to the message that we want to promote to the community in general, the wider public. Yeah, it's it really goes back to... I mean, this is still happening in 2021, but... It really goes back historically, doesn't it, to the 26th of January when all this happened and about how, you know, when Captain Cook landed with, with and started colonising and there was all this genocide, not only is that continuing, but isn't it true that a lot of divisions has been already created through the stolen generation, through tribes being split up, through mob being moved to, off their country... And that has contributed to all this? Yes. Yep. The process of assimilation has been a really big divider. Um, and it comes back to, you know, the slave owner, Willie Lynch, you know, and, and his divide and conquer method where you pitch, you know, the field slave against the house slave and the man against the young man and so on, you know. And so what we need to remember as a people is that we are all in this together. This happened to all of our old people back in the day and they shed blood, sweat and tears for us to continue to survive. And in order to honour them and the sufferings that they went through and the strength that they had to resist and continue and, and so that we could survive today, we have to honour that. We have an obligation as people to honour that because they didn't die for nothing. They didn't survive for nothing. And we have to really give back to what they allowed us to have today. And that's something that's really important to me is to honour my ancestors and to honour the old people that have walked the path before me because they paved the foundation that it is an honour for us to continue, you know, and we have to teach the future generations that we can't 
move forward unless we're together. Otherwise, we're just going to be taking a step back to when you had the black trackers and people were trying to survive. The black trackers. Okay, so you're, you're saying that you mean the black, the ones that were employed, well, no, they weren't employed, they were slaves to capture Aboriginal people? Back yes. Then? Yes, yes, because you had the black tracker that basically was just trying to survive, you know, and then you had the black tracker that just gave up and sided with non-Aboriginal people. So what we have to remember is that there are two sides to every path that's been walked and we have to choose the right one that will bring us all together, not divide us and separate us. And generally speaking, how is that happening still in 2021? I mean, it sounds to me like there is a lot of division here and, and can that can that actually be linked back to history? Well, look, to me, my personal view is that it comes down to ego. And ego does not have a place in Aboriginal society. You know, Aboriginal society is led by councils and community coming together. The decision-making process is through a community coming together and working with each other to move forward. So the ego is a process, is a part of the assimilation process and a part of the Western system. Like we can't, in activism, my view is you can't have an ego. If that's, if that's how you want to move forward, well, then you shouldn't be standing up for Aboriginal rights. Because Aboriginal rights and moving forward is about people bringing what they have to the table, bringing what they can to the table and working with everybody in a team so that we can actually develop strategies that we can move forward with together. Because one person does not know the answer. You know, one person cannot do anything. We have to work as a team. You know, where a whole heap of us are coming together and putting all of our ideas and strengths into the pot. You know, we don't need the crab in the bucket story happening. You know, it's really it's really sad when there is egos, and that's what we we really had to deal with in Perth this year. And it was just really sad because this day is a really important day for us, and only together can we get that message out in the public. You know, let's hope that we can work on that unity and that next year's better. Now, yep. with the prime minister. What do you think about the Prime Minister's comments when he said oh, which that ones? All, all stories are important? He said that all stories well, all... are important on Invasion Day. Well, he calls it Australia Day, where people need to celebrate. And he says that all stories are important. Oh, typical of a man in the Western system. Like, hello... You know, all stories may, may be important, but at the end of the day, Invasion Day, you can't compare that to the First Fleet or all the things that he was talking about because Invasion Day was the start of a dispossession, murder, massacres and the total annihilation of some people on a continent that had existed since time immemorial. You know, a sustainable culture where we had all of our governance structures, agriculture, everything. It was a whole society. But because they believed that our people were uncivilised according to the Western way of life, they felt that their way was superior and that they could come in and just disturb the oldest continuing culture in the world. So Scott Morrison, if he really wants to lead this country, he needs to shut his mouth in regards to those comments and really understand that Australia Day cannot be celebrated. It is a day of mourning for our people and they would not celebrate the Holocaust. 
you know. So I don't understand how that is any different than what our people went through because the genocide continues today through, you know, welfare taking our kids, people dying in custody, people being locked up for minor offences, you know, a lack of mental health support, a lack of support for our young people and just placing them in detention centres when young people need healing, you know, the lack of true education and truth-telling of our history. Like, Scott Morrison really needs to take a step back and listen to the voices on the ground because he's really ignorant in my view. And thinking that they can change the anthem to one and three, the anthem actually represents a white Australian policy. It's not an anthem that everybody can sing because I've never been a part of the anthem and I don't know how we can stand proud and sing a song that has no relevance in our lives and represents the white Australia policy that came and destroyed our whole way of life in the first place. I'm not singing it. Mm-mm. It's no way. One and three. We're not free. And Australia's not a young country. Aboriginal no. people have been there for no. thousands of years. Yes, oldest living culture in the world, and their own science tells them that. Exactly. And we're not one. Like, look at all the rednecks we've got to deal with every time we have the lead up to Invasion Day. Uh, it's 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 really crazy. And just also just. Quickly, in terms of Parliament, okay, what do you think about Parliament as an institution? Do you think it can help Aboriginal people? Not if we don't have a voice at the table in the decision-making process. Like, my personal view would be that we have two parliaments. So we go back to the Crown, get a treaty after all our songline treaties are in place with all our own nations, you know, um, and then we can coexist. I don't understand why we can't coexist. Like, why can't we have an Aboriginal parliament that is specifically for our people? We determine our own affairs. We distribute our own funding. We make our own decisions. And they can have their little Western parliament and go and do whatever they need to do under our sovereign agreements. You know, and a whole new constitution is developed and put in place. Like, it's not hard. All they've got to do is split the system. Like, I don't understand... Well, I do understand why they won't, because they love the control. They came here to steal our resources and our land, the you know? The problem is it would still be under the Westminster system and, and it would still yeah. be under British law. Yeah, well, that's my point. So what we need to do is we need... The government need to support us in getting all of our songline treaties back in place on the ground with all our own nations within the country. And then when that's done, we can organise sovereign treaty agreements with each of those nations because the Prime Minister needs to learn that we are all different. They can't have one national treaty. It's just not going to work because we all have different things within our areas that we need and want. Like, some don't want a treaty with the government, you know? Some don't want to have a treaty at all. Some want to be left alone, you know? And we can't treaty with the government because they don't hold absolute sovereignty. The sovereignty they have comes from the Crown and sits with the people. So a treaty is based on two sovereign nations. So the only way that we can really do a, a some sort of sovereign treaty agreement is with the Crown sitting over there in the UK. But I don't know how that's going to happen when Brexit happened yesterday and she's pulled back on all her sovereign borders. So where does that leave Australia in the sense of the Crown sovereignty here? You know? Yeah. So there's a lot of... Yeah, there's a lot of things, you know, that need to be done. And if they get those sovereign agreements in place, well, that's when we can have our Aboriginal Parliament 
in each of our nations that is under our own law, our own sovereign laws from where we come from. So rather than have a House of Representatives and a Senate, well, we have our Council of Elders. You know, we have our Youth Council. You know, we have our In the Middle Council, you know, of all the pe- of all the young, not old people, you know, like in that border. So we could have three chambers, you know, and the Council of Elders are the head, and then the next mob do whatever they need to do, and then you've got, like, the young people that do whatever they need to do. And the I portfolios see. could be distributed, you know. So it's not But it's done black fell away. Yeah. It's not yeah. hierarchically yep. circular. Yes, yes, exactly. So that we go back to our old ways, and then that way it would be fair for everybody because each nation would have their own area that they're bound by, and you'd come back to your territory. So this family group would be control of this area, this family group here, this family group here. And I know you get a lot of nations that have lost that structure, but they can get it back. Yep. You know, like the, the, the Waddlers, they documented everything. So if they don't know their land areas, they can go back and do the research and find it and then revitalise it because everything's there. They wrote everything down. They took all their history. So the archives in the UK would have pretty much everything that they'd need, you know, to be able to restore that. And I don't think you can put a time frame on doing something properly, so it takes however long it takes. You know, it's true. And, in in fact, we've had you on this show many, many times over the years, and you've talked a lot about land grab. And, you know, let's, let's be honest here. Really, this is all about taking the land away and mining and, and raping the land. Yep. Isn't yep. It? Biggest land swindle in the world. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, And so we what have we to have to do at the yeah. moment... Yeah, sorry, Marissa. Yeah, and we have to keep going. Go on. Yep. Go yeah, on. no, I was just going to say, so what we have to do is, because the government don't want to listen to grassroots people, we need to get people into the parliamentary system so that we can change it from the inside, you know, and get them to come to the table to us. You know, so like how you got Lydia, you know, over there with Yusmob in the Senate. So that's what we need to do is start... It doesn't negate our sovereignty by entering that system. You know, we can use our sovereign our sovereign rights within that system to force their hands, you know, to listen to us. So yeah. that's why this year I'm running with the Socialist Alliance in the WA state election. You know, oh, we just really? see how it goes. Yeah, oh, yeah, so I'm running for really? the South Metropolitan seat, yeah. I never had a one oh, for politics. But, yeah, so, but I'm not a politician, so if I get in there, I tell you now, I'll be telling them, fellas, you know. Oh. So we need to have a voice inside that system, yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, but I won't be swearing at oath. Everyone's different. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, yep. Everyone's different. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, I'll tell you now, because I'm not a politician, but if my voice got inside that system, I can tell you now I'll be fighting for everything oh, to make them listen to the real people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Miriam, yep. thank you so much for coming onto the program, sis. We've got a couple of minutes left, and we'll talk to you very yep. soon. Yep, no worries, sis. Thanks for having me. It's always good to yarn with you, Mob. Absolutely. Take care. All right. You too. See ya. See ya. 3CR. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855am. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show 
or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. And it's goodbye from Marissa, the Doing Time show, and we've got about a minute left. It's Beyond Zero up next. Stay safe and take care of each other. I'm going out with, well, I don't know if we've got time for the song, but take care. Bye. Sisters.